Hey, real quick, a quick word of thanks to today's sponsor, Vertex Innovations, before we get started. For over 17 years, Vertex has been building the nation's wireless and broadband networks. Providing project management, network engineering, and construction oversight are just some of the ways Vertex helps their clients. So if you're looking for more of a partner to help you with your wireless network designs, construction, implementation, or operations, reach out to Vertex. You can find them at vertex-us.com. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-U-S.com. Welcome to the 5G Guys Podcast, the premier resource for industry insiders and newcomers alike to explore anything and everything wireless telecommunication. We discuss, explain, and explore all things wireless technology. So let's dive right in. Welcome your host, Dan McVaugh and Wayne Smith. Which cellular company has the best service? We're going to dive into that popular question on this episode of 5G, guys. Hey, everybody. This is Dan McVaugh. Hi, everyone. I'm Wayne Smith. Thanks for listening to another episode of the 5G, guys. Continuing on the theme of most frequently asked questions, we thought we'd tackle uh, what's probably the most regular question any of us get in the industry is, who should I get for my cellular service from? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I get that all the time, Wayne. And um, so I guess to dive into it, I'll just put you on the spot. What's your go-to answer when you get that question? Um, it's a good one, and I'm biased. So right now I'm just going to speak a little bit of my bias. <laughs> um, at our services company, Vertex Innovations, which is our sponsor, we have built networks for the last 18, 18 years, and we've done a lot of projects for Verizon. And I think, you know, my answer would be Verizon. And it comes from a lot of different a, a lot of different places on how I get to that answer. As a business business professional who travels a lot uh, across the country, it's easy for me to see where my phone works and where it doesn't. And so I am a power user of my device to run my businesses. And without coverage, I pretty much know it immediately. And so my answer is, you know, I think I have a set of criteria on what you're going to use it for. But I think for most people is like, does it work around your house? Right. Does it work in your neighborhood? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that people ask me, hey, man, I don't have a lot of coverage in my neighborhood. What can I do about it? And that's a tough question. But I think if we before I go down the rabbit hole and how I rein them all, I think that'd be a good starting point, Dan, is like what works around my neighborhood and where I live and where I spend the most of my time. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, for me, I, I probably take a more agnostic answer. Um, <laughs> people get frustrated cause I never give them the answer they're looking for. I just say, well, it depends. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm like, uh, you know, where do you use your service? You using it at home? You using it at work? Are you driving? Are you, do you travel? Is your travel international or domestic? You know, those are the kinds of things I always ask them because, it just really depends where you're going to use it. And and then secondly, what are you using it for? Are you just using it for phone, you know, literally old school phone calls? Or are you doing basic data applications? Are you super heavy on, you know, streaming live video and, you know, watching a live uh, sporting event or something like that? Because what I found is, depending on all those factors, as well as other factors like value, what are you willing to spend? Are you willing to pay a premium for some of those? Or are you on more of a budget or things of that nature? I think that's really ultimately 
what I, I answer people's questions with those questions. And then as they kind of tell me what they're looking for, you know, I might give them a specific answer. But the biggest thing I try to explain to people is, you know, they all have problems. Every carrier has problems in their network. And it's just a matter of where their problems reside. Um, I always used to tell people as my job as an engineer was to minimize how wrong I was and to put problems in the right places as opposed to think I could get rid of the problems because it is a wireless network and there's always areas that wireless will not work. And so optimizing that in your network to be where your customers are not is key. And you'll find that some carriers have customers in other areas that another carrier doesn't. And so their network's going to work better where their customers are oftentimes. So that's that's the generic answer I give. So it sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but that's typically my answer. Well, I mean, it's a good answer. I mean, it's so true. I mean, the way that I kind of looked at it and the how I rate it is I have a set of criteria. You know, like if they're living in a city, I think all three have great coverage and reliability. Uh, this denser you know, network coverage there. So you're pretty much good. When you go to the next where the suburbs of where a lot of people live, well, I still think reliability is pretty heavy there for the investment over the last 10 years in those areas. But when you start to get into rural areas, and what I mean by rural is tiny towns, farmland, the big part of what the Midwest and the Western U.S. is, it's a different story, you know, mm-hmm. and I think T-Mobile uh, has a little ways to go in that area compared to Verizon and AT&T. Then I look at venues. I have been, I'd love to go to shows, whether it's a, I know you're a football fan, go to a lot of sporting events and concerts. And it seems that's where I want to share data, you know, photos mm-hmm. of it. And so I don't rate very many of the top three, very good at any of the venues. Some <laughs> of them are better than others, yeah. but ven- venue type applications are tough on the mobile carriers because so many people. The other areas that I look to is purely off the grid type areas, you know, like in the mountains where it's very hard to get coverage. I, I do weigh a little bit in that where when I'm going out somewhere, I try to think about that process of what I need if I need to be in touch with my family or they know that I'm going to be gone because I'm going to have very limited. And then the last, I think a rarely important one for me and a lot of folks is driving, mm-hmm. you know, who has the most, uh, the best coverage along those, their corridors in your life. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of, that's, that's kind of my six categories. And so I think overall we've progressed so far that coverage goes a long way. I mean, you know, we're in the 60 to 80, 70% range in all of those applications. Right. Right. And I I think one challenge too, is when people ask other people how they like their service, the thing is very few people have used more than one carrier and certainly all the carriers, right? So their frame of reference is relative to what they know. So you might ask somebody that has, let's say AT&T, how do you like your service? And they might be like, oh, it's great. But for all they know, where they live and work, T-Mobile could be better or Verizon could be better. So that's always, I think, a challenge for people is how do they really get a frame of reference? And so I think what's good is there's actually a lot of resources out there that maybe surprisingly a lot of people don't know are there for you to research and answer those questions for yourself. Um, 
you know, all of the carriers have their service maps, right? You can go in there and you get their little flyer and you can see this blob and it's zoomed out so far. You're not exactly sure where you live in that blob or where you work in that blob. But beyond that, um, there's some cool stuff that's going on that um, maybe we'll, we'll fill our listeners in on. The, the first is a, a relatively recent change. The FCC recently started a collection of all the carriers coverage maps in one place where you can compare all of them to each other. So the FCC has a website now. We'll, we'll put a link to that in our um, our show notes and on our blog post on uh, 5gguys.com where they have maps of the, the coverage predictions from all of the carriers. Um, it's basically the same maps that all the carriers hand out in their stores, but it's all in one place. And it's exclusive to 4G and 4G only. It doesn't map 2G, 3G, doesn't map 5G. It's just 4G. So I, I think that's something that uh, you know customers could look at there's a push to try to get the carriers to to put up actual measured performance data on that FCC website, but um, the carriers are pushing back on that right now. You know, they have some concerns about whether that'll be fairly measured or not. So, which could be valid. So, I think that's one source of information. Have you? I don't know if you've you checked that out at all, Wayne. Not on the FCC side, I haven't. Um, some of the other ones you have listed, I think we're going to go through. We can talk a little bit. I have more. Uh, I'm closer to root metrics for a reason is because a lot of our projects that we build are root metric type sites. Mm-hmm. And so once the carriers knew how they were going to be measured, their network builds built to those metrics. Those figures, right? So yeah, talk about root metrics, tee that up for our listeners and tell them more about it. And I can fill in any blanks. Yeah, I mean, so root metrics has been been around for quite a while. It, it gives you the same data I think that the FCC does, and maybe a, they could be providing data to the FCC. I don't know. Root metric site is a site. It's a high peak area that, you know, that they're measuring performance on both speed, reliability, network uptime, call, drop calls, all the things that they get measured on. And so root metrics, I, I, you know, and I'll let you jump in here too. They put a report on, they do measure 5G now. Mm-hmm. And right now you can start to see the progress of the 5G build, which I think is probably more valuable than actually maybe the information since it's just 2020 and just everything's starting to pick up in 5G. But Root Metrics is one that we've, uh, you know, we built sites, we've managed sites, we brought fiber to sites and the Root Metrics sites. And they're specific, you know, to each carrier to get their scores up in each market. Yeah. But it's market driven by city, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Rootmetrics.com. We'll also put a link to that in our show notes and on our blog on the website. But yeah, they are uh focused, first of all, they're focused very domestically in the United States. That's their focus. Yeah. And they perform basically what's called a drive test, where they've got equipment highly calibrated in a vehicle, and they're they're driving a route the same every time and every six months they redrive that. So they evaluate a market every six months, all the major markets. And they just do that on a rolling basis for all these major markets. There's, I think there's over a hundred that they have on their website. And to your point, you know, that route became, it's becomes obvious. And so, you know, all of the carriers can cheat and they can, you know, try to, to build out so that they score better on that route. But I think it's still a good foundational real world data versus prediction maps like what the FCC has. Those are just predictions like the weather channel gives you predictions about, you know, what the weather's going to look like tomorrow. 
it's all statistical modeling. So what Root Metrics has given us is actual measured data, which is really valuable. And then the other thing that Root Metrics straps on is they have an app as well. So there are users that have the app. It's also recording actual call performance where those users are at in addition to that drive route. And so it's it's pulling in some of that data as well, which is also, I think, valuable and interesting to look at. So yeah, that's Root Metrics has been around for a while. And um, I, you know, they have, they have some really good resources for people to go and drill down into where you live and work and play to, to check out. There's also another one called OpenSignal. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Nah, tell me about that one. I don't know. So OpenSignal is similar to Root Metrics, but they're global. So they're doing this same sort of approach all around the world, but they're doing it 100% based on crowdsource data. So they also, like Root Metrics, have an app. Users download the app. That app is providing them information so that they can um, do what they, you know, they would need to look up. But that app is also recording performance data from that user's phone to upload that to their cloud servers. And then they're doing all this analytics on that crowdsource data from people's phones. So it's 100% based on, you know, their app users' uh, data and the analytics of that. What's nice about OpenSignal is it gives you a global view. So if you know you're going to, you know, somewhere across the world for vacation or business, you can look and see who's got the best service, where you're going, if you're going to go buy a SIM or, or what have you from from that carrier. So pretty good, pretty good source of data as well. Yeah, interesting. It sounds like um, it's very similar to Waze, right? Mm-hmm. The traffic app, Waze, it's, it's getting user data. It knows where things are. And that's how Waze works and so much more effective than the other apps. But, of course, I think they're all catching up now, Google Maps. and Right. Uh, but it is all crowdsourced. It's it's an interesting thing, you know. You you brought up earlier, like most people don't have but one service. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to break the habit of getting in a new carrier and switching out. I did for a while, for quite a few years. Um, I think it got started in 2007 for me. Verizon did not have the iPhone, so I had an IT AT and T iPhone. And a Verizon phone since I worked on both networks and we were using access control at the time. So I carried two phones for almost 10 years. You know, I had two phones, two networks, had AT&T and Verizon. And, you know, overall, uh, as a power user running a business, I had really great coverage. I, I really didn't I really couldn't complain about, you know, overall use of my phone. And, you know, now that now we get, I think, as anything, we get picky, you know, like I've been to a Red Rocks concert a, a few weeks ago. It's got one to see Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. But I was wanting to send a photo, you know, or a, a small video clip to a buddy of mine. And I had nothing there. At the venue. I was kind of frustrated. And so I think we'll, to your point, we'll always continue to be frustrated, uh, you know, with the coverage that we have, you know, and, and then even five years from now, we'll still have those type of issues. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's always areas in a wireless network where you're going to have issues and, and they're not consistent either. You know, it might work that same Red Rocks location you're at when there's not a concert going on might've worked perfectly fine, but they were capacity constrained at the time. Right. So it wasn't a coverage problem. Maybe it might've been that they have so Mm. many other users at that same concert with the same service as you that it wasn't able to handle the capacity demand at the time very well could have been. So those are all, those are all factors that 
the root metrics of the world are definitely taken into account because they're gra- they're gathering that statistically now. I'm not aware of anybody that's doing benchmarking like at a venue while an event's going on. That would be interesting if somebody did. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not aware of any source of that kind of data, um, but uh, it would be cool if there was something. And so uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. So yeah, so go to 5gguys.com, look at the show notes. We'll have the link to, to all of these sources of data. That's definitely, I think, the best way you can go if you're looking to make a decision to, to look at where you live, work and play. I think there's a couple other factors I want to make sure we leave with, with listeners as well. And you touched on a little bit, you know, Verizon and AT&T really for all intents and purposes have the longest legacy of networks in the U S right. Their, their networks go clear back to, you know, the late eighties, early nineties when, when their networks started being built. So what I generally tell people, if they are spending a lot of time in rural parts of the U S um, outside of population centers, Nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10, Verizon, AT&T probably are going to have a leg up. Now, there's going to be specific instances where that's not the case, right? But I think that's a good general answer that I've seen. For people that travel internationally a lot, I oftentimes point them to T-Mobile because T-Mobile has the best international roaming agreements, in my opinion, and definitely the most affordable ones. So, you know, if you're in Europe, you're in the Caribbean, you're in South America, what, what have you, I found T-Mobile to be the most agnostically capable of roaming. And I'm not going to get a, you know, a huge bill in the mail when I get home from vacation uh, for my roaming costs while I'm gone. So that's an, I think that's another area of focus. Um, Sprint and T-Mobile networks are being merged right now. So, you know, as that process is going on, there's good, there's going to be some glitches, right? It takes some work and there's going to be some glitches while it's happening. But once that gets ironed out, I think you're going to see a big bump in T-Mobile's network as a result of adding all of those sprint sites to that T-Mobile network. So I think that's something worth keeping an eye on for consumers as well. Hey, here's a question for you. We haven't talked about what is your, who's your provider? Ah, that's a good question. So I, I, I currently use T-Mobile. Uh, I used cool. to use, I used to use Verizon. Uh, I was always really happy with Verizon for a long time, especially when I would get out hunting, fishing, skiing, worked really well for me. But as you know me well, I'm a huge football fan. And yeah. it just so happened that the city in which I go to football games every fall for college football would not work on Verizon because of capacity problems whenever I was. And so that and that alone I was frustrated with. And so I made the switch to T-Mobile and, and you know, my, uh, my service at football games is better now, but it's not as good at home anymore. So (laughs) interesting. I think we worked vertex works on that project, uh, as a piece of it. Uh, And you're talking about this in Boulder, right? Yeah. 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 We were, that was, that's an older stadium and there's all kinds of, we could get into the, you know, why that was a, a difficult project to provide service and what they did, but I totally understand, you know, and switching and finding a network that works best for you. And that's what we, that's what we're really saying here, right? What is your best use case as a person, you know, as a user? And I'm sure there's other things that mean you didn't even discuss here with like pricing, mm-hmm. how it's priced. Customer service. Yeah. All of those things uh, come in that we didn't even touch in this conversation. Right. For sure. I think one other thing I almost forgot about to point out is, and uh, People don't understand that, you know, we always talk about the big three. It used to be the big four was Sprint, but, you know, the big three, T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T. But there's upwards of 90 other cellular carriers in the U.S., smaller regional carriers, 
the largest of which would be U.S. Cellular. So for those in the Midwest and the Chicago area, they, they would be familiar with U.S. Cellular as a name. C Spire in, in the South is another large one. But there's tons of small regional carriers that are providing service in a lot of communities that are less populated, you know, tier two, tier three um, population centers that, you know, if you live in some of those areas, it's it's highly advisable to look at them as your carrier because they have roaming agreements with the big three and vice versa. So when you look at the big three coverage maps, a large portion of that blob of service is not owned by those three carriers. It's owned and operated by one of these 90 regional carriers who are basically selling access to that network to the big three. And then it goes vice versa as well. So if you are a customer of US Cellular and you leave the US Cellular footprint, you're going to be on one of the big threes network uh, for your service. So I, so I think that's something worth looking at as well, because you you may very well get better customer service and better pricing for the same service as going to the big three that's just using that regional carriers network anyways. Well, that brings, you brought up another point. It's funny how these podcasts, as we talk, it's it, it so, they expand, right? <laughs> and so let's throw this term in here, the MVNO. Uh-huh. Right, because now Xfinity has service. I was trying to think. It and Ryan Reynolds, he's got some great commercials. His is called Mint. Right, I think. Mint. right. Yeah, you know, and we, we we should probably have an episode where we discuss what those are and how those MVNOs work. Because a lot of and Walmart actually runs one, I think, don't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, you've got Boost Mobile, and you've got a lot of those other uh, MVNO. Some MVNO stands for mobile virtual network operator. So the word virtual is what's key. These are basically sales and marketing companies. Consumer cellular is another one. What they're doing is they're buying minutes and bits off of another carrier's network and reselling it under a different brand name. So they're wholesale buying at a discount and then reselling that. So, you know, Mm. um, I don't know what Mint's using. I know Consumer Cellular, I believe. I know for sure that Xfinity Comcast is using Verizon's network. So when you get service from Xfinity Comcast, you're getting Verizon service, but you're buying it from Xfinity Comcast under a a large wholesale purchase agreement that they did with Verizon. So it's worth looking at some of those MVNOs because you can get a really good deal. But I also alert people that oftentimes you're getting lower priority access to that carrier's network. So Mm. if I'm a Verizon customer and you're an Xfinity Comcast customer, we're right next to each other using that network. I may be getting a higher priority access to those network resources than you as an Xfinity Comcast customer. So it's something to be aware of, but I think it's a great value proposition to look at. Yeah, because, you know, then you get bundled with Xfinity's other products at, at home, Internet. Yeah, that's it's, that's an interesting topic, you know, as, as the industry changes. I do think, you know, this is important for us to say when we talk about the carriers and all network reliability has definitely came up. I mean, we are, we are at a great point of where it's really, I mean, it's really reliable no Mm -hmm. matter where you go. And and for most of us in our lives, we can get coverage. Now I'm sure there's always that hole like right down the street from my house (laughs) and I drop a call, like at least one out of every five calls down there. But over time, you know, all those things get filled and we have great coverage no matter where we're going or what we're doing, whether it's recreational or business or Mm -hmm. just travel. Um, It's, it's improved dramatically. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I think uh, our uh, our frame of reference of what we consider good today is so much better than what we considered good 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, hopefully that that kind of gives listeners a good sense of of kind of our take on it. For sure, I guarantee you there's lots of people out there that disagree with everything we said today, <laughs> or at least some of what we said, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and, and like I like I said earlier, I have to say I'm biased. Yeah. Right. I built a network for my whole career and um, I love the reliability of that network. So go red. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks. I hope this helped everybody. Um, Thanks for joining us again. As always, uh, like or uh, follow the uh, show. Tell your friends. Go to 5gguys.com to follow up. Uh, Check out the show notes for today's show for the links to all these resources. Until next time, have a good one. Take care. Thanks for listening to the 5G Guys. For more resources and to connect with Dan and Wayne, check out their website at 5GGuys.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that follow button and share this episode with your friends and family.